what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, business partners, you want them, you need them, but you do you need a prenuptial agreement before you hook up with them. And it's one of our favorite shows of the year. It's our annual Business Lessons from the Movies Podtacular Edition. And we'll be joined by the founders of the Foot Candle Film Society, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry. We'll give you some movie ideas to make it through the holidays with a minimum of conversation with your in-laws. Finally, we'll end up with our Small Business of the Month feature, where we'll highlight some interesting businesses that you could be checking out and maybe give you a few ideas for Christmas gifts. You never know. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm the director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is dean of the School of Business, Industry, and Technology at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, how are you doing? Jeff, I'm doing great. and looking forward to this all year long. It, it, you know, the holidays don't really start until we can sit down with Alan and Chris and talk about uh, our movie choices. It's do they? true. And when I'm looking at movie choices, I talk to my wife and she gets excited about what we're going to say. It, this, and this, worried, this, too. This could be the podcast, the one podcast of the year where our wives actually will listen to the end. <laughs> yes, that's exactly so, correct. So anyway, that's 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 always She also fresh. contributed to my small business of the month. Well, we look forward to hearing uh, more about that as as we go forward. And I'm going to go ahead and welcome Alan and Chris to our show. Alan and Chris hey, are, are here in the studio. Thank they, you. They sort of own the studio. But anyway, <laughs> uh, we're yeah, happy to be yeah. with you. <laughs> yeah, but we're happy to come down the hall and, and jump in and be a part of this. Well, we know you've come great. a long way to be here, you know, sort of like the star of Bethlehem shines this time <laughs> of year and you and you, you come to the manger. Guys, I tell everybody I know that every year there are certain events and moments I look forward to. There's, you know, the start of ACC basketball season. There's Christmas morning with my family and kids, and there's the annual Podtacular uh, Entrepreneur Exchange episode. So I'm so glad to be it's and hitting like it this year. The start of ACC basketball season for a Wake Forest fan is not a good time. <laughs> not, not quite as event-worthy yeah. uh, event as uh, but, maybe but, some but others. But you, you had a fine women's field hockey team. Our field hockey team and our soccer teams were good. And there we actually go. will go to a bowl game for the third that's, year in a row. That's amazing. That's great. That's really cool. Well, well, let's let's talk a little business. And, okay. and uh, uh, I I sent Gary an article from uh, Joyce Rosenberg on the Associated Press about the perils of choosing a business partner. And the, the article was in the Charlotte Observer a few weeks ago, and and might have shown up in other places as well. And it talks about the importance of really doing due diligence on a business partner before you sign up with them, and 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 sometimes perhaps the enticement of investment dollars might color your thinking a little bit, and you might quickly get together with that partner and then find that you're. Your uh, goals and visions and, and work styles just uh, are, are not compatible. And, and Gary, have you had some experience with this? I have. As you know, I've talked to you a little bit before uh, our podcast today. It hit home uh, because as a, a young person coming right out of school, getting enthusiastic about working uh, in a business and then starting some new ventures, which I did early on, 
the rose-colored glasses that I used to talk about with our clients uh, in the past and our students, it really hits home. So when I talk about it, I think about it. It is so important to pick the right partners because it will come back to haunt you almost every time if you don't. Uh, not just investigate your idea, but make sure you're in, I was going to say in bed, in business with uh, the right people. I mean, it is really true. It's not just talk. It's it's real. Well, and, and the article says one of the things that you, you almost need to t- uh, treat it as you're hiring an employee and go through a, mm-hmm. a due diligence process of, of uh, checking references and, and making sure you're you're compatible. And, and Alan and Chris, you guys started your own nonprofit organization. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, you, you've been doing this for five, six, ten years, ten ten years. years. Yeah. you know, and you, yet you still look very youthful and seem to get <laughs> along with one another. Started I mean, when they were 12. Uh, well, you know, <laughs> did it just work out that way or did? Well, we, we had a good situation in that um, Chris and I worked together. Uh, in, in the company for the years leading up to that. So I do think it was good in that, you know, you and I already had a business relationship. We met each other as business coworkers, you know, hired into the company and worked together. So it would have been more difficult, I think, jumping in, starting like this nonprofit with someone that was either just, I just knew on a friendship basis or someone I knew around town and didn't really have the background with, but Chris and I, having worked together, we both, I think, had a greater comfort because of that and felt like we, we knew each other's working style and, and how we – our belief system and all. So. Right. We Fortunately, the company that we were working for is a creative company, and we had about 10 years doing that. So we shared creative ideas. We would bounce things off one another. So when it came time to do the film society, it was kind of like – we kind of already knew how we thought, and so that that helped. That helped tremendously. Yeah. And, and one of, one of the things the article talks about is you know trying to understand what what do you, business partners' short term and long term goals are. And, mm-hmm. and you know, I would think for, for starting a film society, you guys are hoping that you're creating something that's going to be a long lasting organization mm-hmm. and 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 be there for some time. But from a business perspective, sometimes uh, people might look at the business as something they want to spend their career at, but someone else might say this is a short-term investment yeah. that we want to sell and, and make lots of money and move on to the next thing. And you need to understand that going in because it will cause conflict. And again, you have those rose-colored glasses. Well, it'll all work out. Well, usually, if you haven't dotted the I and crossed the T, it doesn't end mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. I mean, Dotting the I and crossing the T, you know, we talk about it all the time with agreements. Some people, when they're doing it, say, well, you know, they don't want to get into that difficult conversation early on. But that's really the time to do it. Yeah. Because when something bad happens or not good, to make it a little bit less uh, tough, that's, that's not the time to be negotiating a contract or how we're going to do it because usually you've gone that way. So getting together... And you mentioned it early on, and I, you can tell it's personal to me because I, I learned some lessons that helped me over the last 20 years. But when, if you don't have that relationship like you did, you know, having interviews and stuff, because, you know, we've all interviewed people, and they interview well, but mm-hmm. they're not necessarily how they portrayed themselves when you get into business. So having that relationship, I think, is important. You're not going to have that all yeah. the time or maybe even the majority of time. But the more you know about the people you're going in the business, the better you'll be. Well, I almost think some of these situations where you hear these really tough stories with people that go into business together and they're just not working out because they're incompatible business styles started out a lot of time as friendships. People just knew each other as friends and said, hey, we got a great idea. We're all excited. You get caught Mm -hmm. up in the enthusiasm. But stopping and treating it, like you said, like a 
true interview, a business interview of one another to really make sure that your ultimate goals are compatible is really important. It it's tough to do with a friend. And it I think is. there's some people who say, you know, you should never go into business with friends. And I think that's part of the reason why people feel that way. But um, uh, it, it's, man, you're right, though. It does haunt you for a really long time if that d- now, bad decision is made. Is a good it helps me in every decision that I'm making, thinking about it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you don't like to have those difficult conversations with friends because you said, well, it'll all work out. Well, actually having that agreement is a really good thing because it helps you, both of you or the multiple people that might be in a partnership. Well, I think it might help the friendship, too, because, yes, you know, I, I think you, it does. you don't want to strain the friendship because the business relationship Correct. went sour. If you have an agreement and you have something kind of set up between the two, then there's a clear point to say, all right, it's not working according to our agreement. We can part ways and still hopefully preserve a friendship. Yeah, exactly. You know, so. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and something, something the article does recommend is, is actually using a lawyer to write mm-hmm. up a partnership agreement uh, in that – if you ever have to unwind things, uh, that will come in very, very handy. And spending a little bit of money up front might save you a lot of angst on the back end. Mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. So anyway, so anyway we, we wanted to touch base on that. But we let's get to the reason why all of our listeners are still there. <laughs> and that's the, they want their movie recommendations Absolutely. for what they're going to listen, what they're going to watch over the holidays with the family. And, and um, uh as I said, Alan and Chris are founders of a, of the Foot Candle Film Society, which is a nonprofit group that brings interesting and critically acclaimed movies to to our area in Western North Carolina when uh, they often might not make it to our local multiplex. And they're two dudes who love movies, and they have their own podcast as well that you should be listening to, uh, Foot Candle Film. And uh, we're very happy that they can join us again. Our premise is we all love the holiday season. We love spending time with family, friends, going to parties, getting gifts, giving gifts. But at some point in time, we're going to want some downtime when you're going to want to spend quality time with Netflix or your on-demand or or however you're going to be getting your, your movies these days. So our job is to give you some recommendations that you can pop in or pop on and, and, and enjoy with the family that, that have some sort of business lesson. They don't have to be a business movie, but hopefully we can uh, wrangle some sort of business lesson out of them. So that's mm-hmm. sort of the premise of what we're going to be doing. And uh, each of us has a couple of movie ideas, and we have not conferred with one another. No, we have not. So there is a chance that they, <laughs> we, we, you know, maybe we're going to duplicate. I don't know. Have what we ever had that happen before? I don't think we have. No, I think yeah. we've all <laughs> kind of dodged that in the we past. That's that. But anyway, we'll, yeah. we're going to let Chris go first uh, with one of his uh, movie selections. So, Chris, hit us. My movie ties in very nicely with the article that you brought up. Uh, it's a movie. It's streaming on Netflix. It's called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. And this is not referring to starting a business, but um, it did come out of, it tells the story of Doug Kenny and Henry Beard, who founded uh, Harvard Lampoon first. Or they didn't found it, but they were writing for it. Then they went on to do National Lampoon. Then they may have done some movies you've heard of called uh, Caddyshack and Animal House. Um, but these two guys were friends in college, and their working relationship, as it went on to be the National Lampoon and with some of the business stuff that happened, it did get kind of kind of dicey. Um, but it is a funny movie um, because it deals with comedy, not for the kids probably because some of the stuff that goes on, um, but I, I recommend it, A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. The people that are in the movie, Will Forte plays uh, Doug Kinney, so if you're familiar with Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. you know, so he's in it. 
Um, there are a lot of cameo appearances in it. I I really like it. Um, so, so it's not really a documentary. It's a, it's a it, it, it is not a documentary. Okay. So that, yeah, it, it is a narrative film. So that you know they're actors and stuff. But um, it's funny. But yeah, there's definitely some business lessons that um, get to learn. One of the things that I learned from the film was. When they went to try, because it started, they were doing a magazine. You know, that's kind of how it was like, you know, at Harvard it was a magazine. Then National Lampoon was a magazine before they started doing movies. No one really wanted to give them a shot because they're like, no, this is not going to work for a mass audience. They basically got on with the publisher that did good housekeeping. (laughs) Somehow they kind of got on with that. So it was kind of a weird thing. And then because of contracts and stuff, things got way out of hand. Mm-hmm. But anyways, it's it's an interesting, fascinating movie and does, you know, be careful who you do get into business with. They were friends, but then uh, Doug Kinney unfortunately had some skeletons in his closet with like drugs and alcohol and stuff. So there were there were problems there. But um yeah, a futile and stupid gesture. I recommend that highly. That oh, and, 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 and just the title of it makes me think of Animal House. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. I, I seem to recall uh, a quote uh, from that that uh, w- was pretty good, and and it sort of reminds me of a. I was I was just checking. There was yep. a movie that Alan recommended last year. I think called Too Funny to Fail. That's right. It was which, which I ended up watching. So, did you and enjoying? You enjoyed it. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, that, that it was, was very good. interesting. I thought yeah. just nothing else. Uh, well, I, I've seen the the film Chris was recommending and can vouch for it as well. And it does really play in that poor choice of partners. The two guys had great. They were both funny individuals. They knew how to do humor, but they had very different takes on what they should want to do with their careers and their living. And that's where the things really started to divert between them and and cause some problems. And uh, it it did have major impact on their friendship. It had major impact on the business as a whole and its success. So um, very interesting. Yeah. Tying into that, not my movies, but you think of all the Steve Jobs movies and how the relationships start the Facebook which is now in yeah. well, the center. Front of it. And I think it happens in most every business, just a yeah. matter whether you go that way and then you come back together or you don't. Well, think about probably the greatest source of drama when it comes to learning about companies is the interpersonal relationships that evolve or devolve right. over the course of time. Exactly. So I think some of the best stories we have about entrepreneurs or visionaries is we're curious about their relationship with other people. Yeah. and how their reliance on certain people or their fighting with others really affects the success of the company. So it was very, very obvious in yeah. the National Lampoon's case. So, um, yeah, it was a funny movie, interesting movie. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, you know, from a Foot Candle Film Society standpoint, a lot of times the movies Alan and I talk about on the podcast are kind of, there's something kind of off about them, the way they're put together, constructed, or there's something kind of quirky about them. I'm not going to go into much detail about what sets this film apart, but it is not your it's not a documentary, like you said, Jeff. It's not. It's a narrative film, but some aspects of it, let's just say they kind of um do cre- work creatively with the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Narratively. And they admit to it. And they admit to yeah, it. Yeah, that's very the thing. Open. It's not yeah. like a ju- it's not like a tricking people. Sometimes it's they're breaking the fourth wall by addressing the joke camera. So yeah, it's just Interestingly constructed. No, and I enjoy Will Forte. He's, yeah. he's, he's fun. He is pretty good in that role, too, yeah. says Doug Kinney. Mm-hmm. All, right. All right. That's good. I've, I've got it down. All right. Alan, right. What, uh, what say you? So my film is also a fairly new film just in the last year. It was in movie theaters, I think, early last year, if I remember correctly. Uh, nominated for some Academy Awards for Best Actress. Uh, didn't win anything, I don't believe, but it was a interesting film. I had a chance to see it a few months ago, and I think it's a great example of 
not only entrepreneur, but also some great lessons to pull from it. It's a film called Molly's Game, stars Jessica Chastain. It is a based on a memoir of a Molly Bloom, who uh, a real person, who was a uh, she was a, a skier, a uh, big uh, Olympic skier, who had a injury that kind of derailed that career. So then she goes into running a multi-million dollar underground poker game. <laughs> so of course, like natural progression, you know. And, and but the idea of the story is the movie is based on her memoir that she's written after all these years of experience. You know, she basically got into the high stakes poker world through a job that she got with a guy that was running these, these games and she helped to run them. Eventually she started doing it on her own and it was extremely successful. I mean, she was a very, very savvy entrepreneur. Um, she did all this by her mid thirties. I mean, she was breaking in millions of dollars and like high stakes poker players all around the world were coming in to play the problem, which she self admits. And which is where I think we got some good lessons from this is that she, she became almost too trusting and, and, and became a little too high minded for what she was doing. What that did is that started to attract her game started to attract people from the mob and other people. And all of a sudden she started becoming the bank for them, meaning she was basically using her money to fund them with hopes that she would get the money back at some point. And so she was really trying to cater to the personal needs of her customers, which was great. She cared very immensely about how these games were successful and, cared about the people that were playing and she wanted it to be the best experience she could. But in doing so, she got herself involved in some illegal activity, uh, not by choice, not by her saying, mm-hmm. I want to be a criminal. It was more of a, I want to do right by these players. So I'm going to do this, but in doing so I broke the law and now I'm a criminal and now I've got to deal with that. And I think I haven't read the memoir, but I know the movie is very closely based on it. And, um, you definitely get a sense of understanding what she did right and what she did wrong. So I think there's lessons on both sides. I was more impressed with her as an individual, just the the drive and desire she had to do what she was doing. And you really started to understand when things got way over her head, you could sympathize with where she, where she was at that point, you know? And I think maybe on a much, much smaller scale, entrepreneurs have a lot of those same issues where you start to say, all right, if I do this, this could, launch me to another level, but it could also expose me to these opportunities for failure or these potential concerns. She obviously had that exaggerated to a hundred on a much grander scale, but um, just a really good movie. It also is a good movie about understanding that, you know, it's okay to make mistakes and what you can learn from those mistakes when you're an entrepreneur doing a program. Um, The need to stay grounded is also kind of reminded too, because again, the whole failure for her is, she just got up and up and up these layers. And if she had kept it at a manageable level that was still very successful, she may not have made quite the millions of dollars as quickly, but she still would have had a very, very successful business. So that's uh, a relatively common story of success. Yeah. Stories. This one's and just go, amped up. grow too fast or right. too far. And that you definitely feel her succumbing to that in, in the film. You know, you can tell. She's overwhelmed, and she's getting to a point where you know she doesn't know if this is the right path. But she makes the choice, and now she's got to live with it. So, well, and, and I'll I'll sort of throw out, and maybe this is a bit of a reach, but I, I as I recall, I, I saw that movie, and there was one particular player in mm-hmm. that yeah. was sort of a, a problem player, yes. but he was a very big fish uh, in the game, and mm-hmm. and when. Uh, he and 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 Molly, the the main character, sort of uh, 
you know, when when they when they start to have issues, he sort of does what he can to help destroy the game and yes. and destroy her. That's right. And to me, it's a one of uh, earlier in my career, I spent a lot of time selling to large retailers, and Walmart mm-hmm. was one of them. And there's always the concern there that if you have too much business with any one customer, yep. if you make a mistake, they can they can sort of put you out of business. That's and true. and you know her her big player did everything he could to put her out of business. Mm-hmm. So that's just another lesson that that a little bit of a reach, but it's it's a business. No, no that's yeah. great. Well, so. I think it's I think it was a good movie. I think it. Um, it's an interesting movie. I'm, I was more fascinated with Molly Bloom as a person and her history of watching the film. And Jessica Chastain, she was the lead. That's in that, right. right. She, she was, was very good. Very good. Very good in that. I'll, I'll say too, it has nothing to do with the business side of it, really. But Kevin Costner plays her father, and I, I, I back in the early '90s was a huge Kevin Costner fan. So it's always good to see him in a good role. Nowadays, uh, they have a, a really great scene at a park bench. I won't go into details, but just a. A really great dialogue it has nothing to do with business, but it's a great father-daughter moment and just uh, something good to watch with the ho- for the holidays with father-daughter. Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it, 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 the movie's a, a little on the radar side. I think sure. for a lot yeah. more heavy language yeah. and all, but not the ten-year-old daughter, not the, not the young. Daughter. But the moment, um, the scene, the two of them, man, it's good stuff. Uh, it got a little dusty in the uh, my living room from when <laughs> I watched it, if I remember correctly. So, yeah. Fair enough. Good movie. And I think there's a lot of interesting lessons. Uh, be driven by the first half of the movie and what she's able to accomplish and the drive she shows, but be warned by the latter half of the choices she makes and, and the repercussions it had on her. So, yeah. All right. Gary, what's, uh, what's, what's your movie choice? My two movies are very far apart. So <laughs> I'll change this uh, very business-like and professional to the Santa Claus movies by Tim Allen. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. All right. I'm now, everybody's seen, of course, it, we're watching lots of Christmas movies at our house now, and so we picked that because one of the scenes or methods or whatever uh, themes of the movie or how efficient they are and how they have to make sure that the elves get everything ready Oh, for yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. Forget yeah. all the other... Is this like family a, stuff, which really like a, is a labor issue, or yeah, a labor issue? How to make sure they're happy, Fair and enough. how they're working to make sure that they get everything accomplished, so they can get all the gifts to the children on Christmas morning. And there's a lot of other different uh, things going on, but I just it just hit me the other. I guess it was yeah. the weekend I was watching. I said, you know, they're. You know, Santa Claus has his own business that he's got to run to make sure that we're all happy. <laughs> Gary, there's actually several movies I can think of that are about yeah. Santa Claus and the whole workshop mentality and kind of trying to structure the whole operational efficiency of it. There was one movie, uh, very similar. It was an animated movie from just a few years ago, hmm. or maybe it was like Santa Claus's brother or something or uh, something. Anyway, it really dug kind of deep into the whole mechanics of yeah, how to deliver all the, I mean, that's pretty cool. It really looks at the efficiency and how they're doing. You can see that there's really a business behind how he makes us happy. <laughs> you know, I, I I would recommend that our listeners uh, go to YouTube and look for the Saturday night clip, Saturday night live clip on Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross with Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Always be cobbling. <laughs> Always be cobbling, you know. And uh, nice. that, that yeah, you know, that's can my younger kids watch that. Your younger kids can watch that. I, I know how old your younger <laughs> kids are. They're not that young. They're Twenty. That's right. I mean, it was on network television, so I think yeah. it's 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 safe to watch. Although it, there there might have been a, a, a risque 
comment oh, here or there, there. but uh, <laughs> this is Alex Baldwin in his pre-Donald Trump days, oh, okay. uh, you know, back gotcha. when he was just being Alec Baldwin, whatever that, whatever for whatever that's yeah, worth. That, I don't yeah. know. So <laughs> the ripping on the whole uh, Glenn Gary, Glenn yeah. Ross thing with uh, the Santa Claus in yes. the workshop, it was great. That was a good, good skit. Anyway, all right. Well, I'm 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 going to sort of go back a little bit as well, not not too far, and and uh, the the movie that I recommend when I think of business movies comes back to Moneyball which oh. uh, you know the was a Michael Lewis book about uh, the baseball team the Oakland A's and their general manager Billy Bean which is played by Brad Pitt in the movie and how he is in, and his assistant Jonah Hill use uh, sabermetrics to determine how they can assemble a winning baseball team at a much lower price than the big market teams who are spending crazy money on free agents. And they go out and uh, look at various statistics on on-base percentage, and they, they hire all these they, – they, they go out and find all these obscure players that no one else really wants, including the manager of the Oakland A's who doesn't really want them. Uh, <laughs> and the manager is played by Philip Seymour Hoffman, yeah, who, who never really struck me as a sports guy, but uh, you know he, he, he's good at playing a surly manager. And uh, ultimately – he, they they come together, win lots of games, make it to the playoffs, don't ultimately win the World Series, but he puts together a winning team uh, by really looking at numbers and analytics and things differently. And to me, from a business lesson perspective, it really comes down to trying to find your competitive advantage or find a competitive advantage and that if you're if you're a small retailer, you're not going to be the low price guy when you compare yourself to the the big box people, whether it be Best Buy or Walmart. You're you're not going to beat them on price. At least you're not going to beat them on price for long. So you really have to find something that you can do differently, and still find still provide some value to your customers. And uh, t- to me, this this movie helps you think like that. And that they they recognize they're not going to be able to spend the same amount of dollars as the New York Yankees or or the teams with big budgets. So they have to to really take a step back and say, how do we compete a little bit differently and still uh, be effective there? I think that's so. a great message. I mean, yeah. yeah, figuring how to be successful because not everybody's going to be successful in the same way because they don't have the same resources or the same whatever it happens to be to make the business work. Well, what I think it's a great reminder too is that you know we talk about entrepreneur movies. We talk about business movies is remembering that entrepreneur spirit can be added to any industry, any field. I mean, so baseball, you would just not think of baseball as needing strategy and business and entrepreneurship, but there you go. It absolutely can and does. So just any, any endeavor can, can benefit from that kind of spirit added to it. And I guess it also says build the right team of uh, yep, yeah, people right have too. to know what their roles are on mm-hmm. the team and, and embrace them and accept them. And if, if you do, good things can happen. So. Well, so Aaron Sorkin wrote the screenplay for Moneyball. He was also the writer and director of Molly's Game, the film I mentioned. So nice little connection there. And he wrote, you mentioned, we talked about Facebook. He wrote the screenplay. He wrote the uh, social, social network, network as well. As well. Yeah, so. You loved Moneyball, didn't you? So. No, I'm joking. Not I know, as big no, a fan no, of Moneyball. No, I know, I know you <laughs> did not. Okay. So that's okay. Uh, <laughs> There's a business lesson there, but there's a message. Absolutely. Okay. All right. (laughs) That's good. I actually met Billy Bean once. It was right before the movie came out. And I was at a statistics conference because that's what I do for fun. 
and uh, <laughs> go to I feel statistics. better about I'm myself well, nerd. now. <laughs> it was in Vegas, so at least it had that going for it. But uh, it was before the movie came out, and I didn't know anything about the whole story. So it was really neat hearing him talk about statistics in the baseball world and then see the movie. And so it was, it was kind of nice. Uh, and and, and I, I'm pretty sure that Billy Bean is still the general manager of the Oakland A's. And, I think so. And we're mm-hmm. – 2018 now and 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 actually i think i saw my my newspaper today now they're talking about building a new baseball park out in oakland right on the bay and everything so so good for them hopefully yeah, they, that's great you know, uh, and, and and hopefully billy bean will someday get that world series championship in oakland so. yeah that would be nice to see so yeah. all right chris give us another one so um this is another just so happens this year both of my movies are based on a real life person. So this is a narrative film, but it is a you know, a biography about this person. Uh it stars Jack Black and it's called The Polka King. And this is Polka. Polka King. Polka right? King. Okay, yeah. right. And so uh it's the polka legend John Lewan, I think is how he says his name. Um, but he was in Pennsylvania. He had a small little gift shop and he performed it. You know, local events, he would do polka music. Well, um, and he was, you know, semi-successful. Then he had a dream to become the biggest polka player in the, or polka player in the entire world. And it kind of got ahead of him, and he was going to fund this. But basically, he did a Ponzi scheme, um, unfortunately. He took people's money, and they would promise all these things. And then, yes, it did help fund the polka band, but unfortunately, he did not he said he was going to do and he you know it was a ponzi scheme um so the movie is very interesting just from someone who has a lot of charisma obviously people loved him they trusted him with their money um but then he unfortunately does bad things um but it is an entertaining movie it stars like i said jack black it also has jenny slate who was on saturday night live for a while she plays his wife and uh jason schwartzman is also uh in the movie so a couple of actors that i really like it is Fun, but also it is serious in the fact that he was robbing people's money. So business lessons to be learned about. You may have a business idea, but you need to consider what you're doing. And he ends up hurting people that he really, they were big fans of his. And then he really feels, he really does genuinely feel bad about it once everything comes crashing down. Um, So the Polka King. And honestly, I didn't plan this, but both of my movies are also readily available on netflix so it's an easy way to watch either one of those how old is that movie um this one came out in 2017 but it was actually yeah. released on netflix in 2018 okay so yeah and actually the other one are fairly it's came out in 2018 as well so these are recent right. releases on netflix well see that's, that's why we have you guys you know gary and i watch the same movies over and over that's and over exactly. again and you guys actually <laughs> watch a lot of new movies new, so yeah. like yeah, we, we, we appreciate Get some new that. ones in the mix yeah, there so. minor from 20 years ago that's <laughs> right yeah. The lessons still hold up. That's it's right. good. So. And I'm and I'm always into musical mu- music oriented movies. I, 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 Are you into polka? <laughs> I'm willing to learn. I'm, right. I'm, I'm up for I'm up for some polka. Good. Yeah. This is why I love this podcast: polka and money and Ponzi schemes. Who okay. Got a nice together. Uh, variety of things tied together there. Well, so and I like Jack cool. Black. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm all for that. All right. The Polka King. Yes. Who's the director of that film? Do you remember? Uh, Maya Forbes. Not familiar okay. with not her familiar work. With um, this yeah. may have been one of her first films, I think. Okay. But... Hmm. No, I will check that one out, too. Yeah. Fair enough. 
Hi, I'm Alan. I'm Chris. And we're the co-hosts of Foot Candle Films, a movie review and film discussion show here on TheMesh.TV. Each episode, we talk about some new movies, cover some film news, and have some recommendations. And trust us, we're just as likely to talk about the latest Jim Jarmusch film as we are the newest Transformers installment. Hold on, don't get too crazy. Uh, well, okay, maybe not that bad. But you can find our show and all our episodes on TheMesh.TV. Plus, you can subscribe to get new episodes delivered right to your computer or mobile device. We'll see you in the ticket line. All right, Alan, what do you got? Um, so mine is actually one I'm surprised I hadn't brought it up in previous years because it is a great film. It's one of those ones that I think a lot of people know of. Um, it is also based on a real person. So I think kind of a lot of our movies seem to be based on true stories these these days. Um, but Aaron Brockovich, um, gosh, that was what, uh, late 90s? Early, maybe 2000s? I don't know the year exactly, but it's been a little while. Uh, Julia Roberts starring and directed by Steven Soderbergh. It's a legal drama, but it's based on a true story of a woman, Aaron Brockovich, who helps with the largest settlement ever paid in a direct action lawsuit. So there's a lot of business dealings in the film because, of course, she's dealing with uh, uh, a company that is, is being accused of having polluted and kind of endangered the lives of a lot of people. And she's helping uh, corral the people together for a, a class action lawsuit on this. It was a huge lawsuit at the time, huge class action settlement. And it really was driven so much, at least in the stories we hear, by her desire to do the right thing in the situation. Now, how much is driven also by some possible future fame and fortune? There may be some of that in there. But ultimately, at least what the film tells us, it shows us, is it's really truly a social responsibility situation. You know, she... I think a lot of people watch the movie and think that the business lesson is, well, if you're fiery and spunky and you just go after it and speak your mind, that good things happen. And yes, she does have that kind of personality, but I also, I got more out of it of thinking of there was a lot of risk in doing what they did. There was a lot of uh, damage they could have done to their own personal careers, but ultimately she still said, this is the right thing to do. This is the right way to help these people, the right way to right this wrong. And she's willing to take the risk to go do it. So, um, just that drive. I mean, I think we've all kind of hinted around in our stories about, you know, uh, you get tempted in business sometimes to do the wrong thing or to do things for the wrong reasons. And there may be some short term gains from it, but ultimately it is going to come back in some way and, and can have a, a damaging effect. I think this is a film that's a good reminder that, you know, sometimes it's worth the risk to do the right thing and to be able to sleep at night feeling like you're doing something for a good cause. So, I think it's a good movie. It's one I haven't honestly seen in quite a while, but I remember at the time it was it made a pretty good impact. So yeah. I really like that movie too. Yeah, it's got a good message. Mm-hmm. Well, and, I, and I think you can look at her in that movie as really as you, you talk about being an entrepreneur, or you're, mm-hmm. you're, you find entrepreneurs in places other than business, and and, and she's working for for a lawyer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. you know the, the way she approached her work. Was very entrepreneurial, absolutely. You know, in that uh, she's you know, passionate she, about what she and was doing. She was really digging and 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 looking under every rock to to help resolve these issues. So, mm-hmm. yeah. and I believe that was her Academy Award. Uh, performance. It was, yeah, so. yeah. So I'm 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 batting a hundred percent on uh, f- uh, really strong female uh, driven character performances <laughs> this year on my recommendations, which is awesome. So. Uh, you know, I, I think it's a good reminder too. We think about business movies, and I think they typically skew more predominantly male. But I love highlighting ones where we've got some people that maybe don't fit what cultural mode of entrepreneur always is. But these are true entrepreneurs who did some great things, and whether they had bad results from it at times, some of them did. But you know, they're still great models of 
that drive and passion to do something good. So, yeah. No good deal. All right, Gary, what you got? Okay, mine's a little bit of switch from Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So remember the Titans. Uh, I thought you were going Die Hard for us. Okay, we're going to go remember the Titans? We could do Die Hard. No, you want to okay. talk about that? I like that, too. Yeah, well, somebody's favorite holiday movie. That's I love sports movies, and uh, oh. I was actually watching it recently. And Saturday afternoon, I said, remember the Titans from a leadership standpoint. And it's got so many oh, different yeah. messages sure. on it. But, and it has a happy ending. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but so what's good leadership and also talking about diversity i thought about when you email to us you know and trying to make things happen but and staying uh, with your convictions and um, moving forward and i love it because it does have a happy ending i mean mm-hmm. other than one boy that passes away but that's it uh, yeah. well you're just ruining it for everyone now come on yeah he didn't say which person. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so you're going to be left guessing the whole okay. movie now. Somebody dies? Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. You made me speechless as you usually do. Right. Right. Well, okay. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah. Okay. I try not to give any more detail. Uh, it, it's one of my favorite go to movies just to have something yeah. on sometimes. If I've so, got a half yeah. hour and it's on, I'll, I'll watch mm. the last half hour. I love it. Mm-hmm. Which my wife, by the way, hates when I watch the last hour or half hour. Oh, so no, that's the best. If you've seen the movie before, it's okay then to watch it. That's what I said. Yeah. I said. She said, Why do you do it? I said, Because. I know what's going to yeah, happen. You already I'm know feel the, good when it's all over. You know the previous hour. You don't need to watch it That's again. Exactly you want to see the last little bit. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, I mean, I think everything you hit on right with it, it it's that compiling a team and you know fighting back whatever uh, uh, notions other people may have about who you should be working with or who should be part of your team. You know, you go based on skill. You get, go based on passion and talent, not on skin color or status or anything else he challenged everybody yep yeah and uh, he plenty of times he could have quit and just Mm -hmm. said this just isn't worth the fight yeah so that's a really good good message very solid thank you solid god bless you all right bring me up from santa claus (laughs) (laughs) i thought the santa claus pick was good i I I thought it was inspired a bit of diversity well you brought some actual holiday movie into our 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 podcast i think that's 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 excellent as well okay thank you so so for my next movie is, uh, you know, it's the holiday. You know, we, during the holidays, I'm probably betting that all of us and most of our listeners will order something online, and uh, whether it be Amazon or another uh, service that will, you know, magically get it to our doorstep in a, a day or two. So, so that makes me think about logistics and distribution and that sort of stuff. So. Okay. So work with me here. <laughs> so my my movie recommendation is one that I know that you all get behind is the 2015 movie The Martian with Matt Damon oh, wow. who gets you know left on Mars. They think he's dead, and his his uh, folks leave him there, and they're headed home. You know, very sad, but unaware that he is still alive and. And NASA has to put together a recovery mission and all the things that go into putting that plan together and timelines and everybody working to to uh, to uh, put a, a refueling refueling the, the the spacecraft and everything. And just from a logistical perspective, when you think of NASA and everything that goes into putting a space flight together. Uh, yeah, it comes down to logistics, and you think about Amazon and all the the mm-hmm. things that go on in distribution centers. And anyway, that was that's my that's my correlation that, there. That's a great that's a great recommendation. Just thinking of the situation, the character played by Matt Damon finds himself in on Mars. He's like, okay, 
this is what I've got to work with. I don't have a choice. I'm going to make this. I'm going to. I'm going to find a way to make this work. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that seems very entrepreneurial. Like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Let's do this. You know? Well, you know, the part of the film I think even is also a good example is all the people on the ground, how they're having to handle the public relations oh, side yeah. of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Again, something every business deals with when you've got something that maybe goes wrong or something yeah. that has opportunities. How do you manage it? How do you, what do you share? What do you not share? What do you say? How do you spin it? You know, sometimes um, I thought the stuff on the ground was just as interesting as the stuff up in the, mm-hmm. up on the, I, th- plate, I thought so. Jeff Daniels is very good. I mean, oh, yeah. He's sort of the leader <laughs> on the ground and he's willing to take some of the heat. You know, uh, and Jeff Daniels linking back to the rest of our episodes was on, what was the show? Was it the newsroom or, or something on HBO, mm-hmm. which was an Aaron Sorkin production, oh, which yeah. right. I mean, well, tie everything together, people. I'm tying also, all together. linking back to Jessica Chastain. Who yeah, is in, that's true. In, she's in, she's in the Martian in that too. and everything. And Wait a minute. Did Aaron Shorkin write the Santa Claus? I'm just trying to figure out if there's a connection <laughs> <Yeah>. there. <laughs> I got to figure out if there's a connection there or not. So, right. <laughs> so anyway, you know, and you know, a lot, a lot of good '70s music in there. Oh, yeah. You know, mm-hmm. some Starman, and uh, you know, and, and you know, a lot of fun stuff. A few, you know, a few, you know, dramatic points here and my there. Time, uh, dramatic points <laughs> here and there in the movie, but uh, overall, another happy ending that uh, you, you, know, you can bring that, the family that, together, that. and it's all it's all good. Well, you know, and the fact is, the movie is it could have been very, very dour and scary and all, but they kept it light, and they mm-hmm. kept you know, even though it was a very treacherous situation, I love the tone that just it was a little more a little more hopeful, a little more playful the whole time. It wasn't just it could have been so depressing and, and uh, scary, but they make they kept it at a good level where I think people really responded well to it. So. And, and at the very end of the movie, Matt Damon's like talking to a class of, yeah. uh, ast- of, of future astronauts mm-hmm. and, and, and really talking like an entrepreneur and that, you know, things are going to go wrong and, mm-hmm. you know, you can either give up or you can roll up your sleeves and get it done. And, and so That's it's a good, sort of, sort of good, good, good ending there. So, uh, so anyway, now we've each thrown out too. I don't know if anybody has any others. They just want to give a quick shout out to or, or anything. Um, I'll throw out one just as a, a very quick, and, and it's more just for fun. If you, <laughs> I can't believe over the all these years, I don't think we've talked about the film Office Space, at least not according to any of our notes. No, I, I, it's, so this it's is on a my list of potentials. Yes. Okay, it's a Mike Judge film from you know maybe fifteen years ago. I, I don't know for sure, um, and it's a it's a satire of the American workplace. It's yes, it's it's a rated R movie. It's not one for the kids. But uh, it, it's exploring this whole corporate culture of 1990s software company. And really, if you wanted a checklist of every cliche you could imagine from a corporate work environment and looking to see if you see some of those own cliches in your own workplace, it's really it's really funny. But I spend more time actually cringing during the movie because I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, I've done that before or our I've seen that happen in a business I've been a part of or a project I was a part of. You know, the idea of... Uh, it's the birthday parties that you got to have the celebration, the birthday cake for whenever somebody has a birthday, just how routine and just so regimented and almost like methodical that becomes the trying to, I think they have efficiency experts come in and try to understand who's doing what job. And you start to realize there's somebody in the office that all he does is basically pass one thing to the next person, but yet he sees his role as so critical and can't imagine what the company would do if he he's wasn't a, there to just he's pass a, that along. He's so, a people person. He's a people person. Um, it's 
it is a good reminder to us sometimes that we've got to break outside of those molds. And I think when we find businesses that are settling into some of these routine molds, it's the same molds that when we find companies that just get so big and so bureaucratic and so corporate that they lose identity of who they're really supposed to be. I barely have an idea in this movie of what the product is this company actually does. We don't really know. And that's well, not the point. Well, it's that they're all toiling in the same corporate world in the same standard way. And the company itself has lost sight of who it is. So it's well, it's well, a great satire. Well, there's some Y2K issues in there. Well, there are some of those so, as well. Yeah, Y2K. So it's very timely. That would have been, yeah, I guess, late 90s when this yeah, came about. But, um, but I do like the two consultants. They're both named Bob. Yeah, yeah, right. I've, got a, I've got a meeting with the Bobs. It's funny. But it's also moments where you're just like, ooh, yeah, I've mm-hmm. seen that happening in my own workplace. And that's something I need to remember that we, we've gotten away from who we're supposed to be. And, um, you know, the treatment of employees, the boss employee relationships, all are just really hit on. Uh, it's uh, it's actually a really smart satire, despite all the humor in it. It's uh, It has a lot to say about how businesses were starting to grow. In the 90s. so well, And to me, that's another one that you can just hop in and watch that. Oh, yeah, while, yeah. You, so. I, I don't even – I mean, the plot itself is pretty yeah. ridiculous. It's right. just you follow it for the scenes yes. and, like, identifying things you see in your own place. Yeah. Well, and the main character even goes through a little bit of a self-realization of what am I doing? You know, I just – I feel like I'm doing the same thing every day. I'm not invested in my job. I don't care to be here. So you find him kind of on a little bit of a journey to – figure out what he wants to do with his life. So it's, it's some actually some interesting messages from it. Well, I, I, uh, be, be, I sent out an email to some of my friends asking them for their movie selections <laughs> and, I, and I'm not going to get into detail, but I'll just share some of the, the things that they threw out that, and actually one of them was the Martian. So, so, so thank Good. you for that they, one. They but, contributed uh, nicely. but uh, one of my friends said home alone, how to defend your home on a shoestring budget. <laughs> Uh, That's great. Trading places, learn the value of one dollar. Mm-hmm. School of Rock, how to succeed even when the world thinks you're a washed-up loser. Mm-hmm. You know, and plenty of opportunity for the host to speak from experience. I think. Thank you from <laughs> Strachan yeah, University of Illinois. Yeah. Uh, one of my friends suggested Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Crisis management, staying cool as they manage their dying ship, which is low on fuel. Wow. That's pretty good. And uh, the last one was uh, uh, the original vacation movie, uh, How to Sell a Car, when uh, they're selling a car to Clark Griswold and he ends up with the family truckster. (laughs) The family truckster. So so those are some other perhaps more obscure links to uh, business ideas that uh, came from – from my twisted yeah. group of friends. So thanks. They all thanks to Carolina. Them. Oh, I think oh. they did actually. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Gary. <laughs> well, wasn't it Eugene Levy that sold the car to uh, Clark Griswold? I think as the been. Uh, car dealer. Yeah. I think it might be. Yeah, that was a great sales job there. That's another yeah, National Lampoon yeah. piece, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so yeah, they're yeah. all connected. Things people. have come full circle. It's all connected. So. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to go to our. We're going to wind up with our uh, small business uh, recommendations of the month, where where we might have come across an interesting small business that we think you should be checking out uh you know chris do you have one that you want to share with us i do and um if this actually comes from a film that was submitted to our film festival this past year uh the film was a documentary called sufra and i would have used that as one of my recommendations however they are still on the festival circuit so the only way you can see the movie is if you're fortunate enough to be at a festival where they're screening it so maybe it'll be a recommendation next year 
could be. It better be or my wife's going to be pissed because she wanted you to use (laughs) that one. And what what you can do, which is something that your wife had told me about, which I think she has done, uh, is you can support this film and the person who is in it. Her name is Miriam Shar. She's a refugee in uh, Lebanon. And she got the idea, very entrepreneurial. Hey, it's hard for us to get jobs. I love making food. I'm going to make a food. I'm going to have a start a food truck. And they did. And uh, it was awesome. But you can support this business. They do have a cookbook. And if you go to sufrafilm.com, and that's S-O-U-F-R-A, Sufra, that's the name of the business that they start, sufrafilm.com, you can, you can't see the film yet, but you can purchase the cookbook. And if, believe me, you can't see the film yet, but if you did, the recipes and the food they make looks amazing. And they have pictures of it on the website so that you can see. So I, I, I'm recommending the cookbook that is from a small business that was a food truck. That was and, and, and my wife has purchased the cookbook. So Has she fixed you any of the meals she, yet? She's done some experimenting with oh, it. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Oh, excellent. No, and I mean, yeah, uh, this could be a recommendation whenever the film's available sure. for people to see. It's a good film. Just, yeah, it's, it's unfortunately, there's not any way for anybody to see it right now. So it would fly in the face of your whole, what can you watch over the holidays right. to get away from family? I'm, I'm, I'm so let's keep it on the hopper whenever right. it's available. You guys are playing by the rules, and yeah. we, we, we appreciate try. that. You know? Whenever and it comes about, I think it could definitely uh, pop course, up on somebody's list. Of course, either. our listeners can probably see films like that if they want to attend next year's Foot Candle Film they, well, they, Festival. Yeah. Oh, that was a nice segue there, yeah. Jeff. Very nice, <laughs> Which very is nice in, plug. Was it in September? September, September of 2019. It's 27th through the 29th? That's there correct. Of so, 2019. All right. Mm-hmm. Alan, you have a small business you want to share? I, I do. Um, so movies, kind of tying this back to movies a little bit, comic book movies are all the rage, have been for, for several years now. Um, you know, all the superhero movies, they make tons of money, and there's one coming out every month, it seems like now. But the, the key phrase there was the word comic book, because that's where most of these characters obviously got their start. They were comic books. Comic books have been around since, gosh, 1940s, 1930s, that time frame. I, growing up, have been an avid comic book reader. Love the format. I love the graphical uh, visualization of stories and the serialized storytelling behind them. So I pop into a comic book store from time to time, may pick up some stuff, you know, had gotten some of my kids involved in them a while back as well. And, uh, you know, it's just a great art form. I love it. I'm a big fan. So the challenge is always finding out where you can buy these, where you can go to actually check these out. Every city has different comic book stores and they may sell toys. They may sell graphic novels and other things as well. The challenge I've always had with any of these places that are very niche, they've, they've catered to a certain audience is that it's never always felt very welcoming. You know, you go into a place, and it's just if the people there working there kind of all know each other, and they know their clientele, but they're very kind of closed off. You just don't feel like you can walk into a store like this and just talk to the owner or ask questions and really kind of explore and get to learn some new things from it. It always felt like I was more intruding on a club that I wasn't a part of. So it's like, well, I don't really feel comfortable going in. That's a big thing with me in stores in general. It's like I don't like going into feeling like I'm out of place, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm looking for something, whether it's a hardware store or not that. I like it when people are actually willing to come up and say, hey, what, what do you need some help with? And let me talk you through some ideas. So there is a, a comic book store here in Hickory that I've actually started going to and actually got to meet the owner. And I think they just do a, they do it right. It's a very relaxed environment. But. Every time I go in, I'm greeted, I'm talked to, I'm like, hey, have you checked out this? I know what kind of stuff you like, Alan. I thought, think you might like this title as well. And it's just really cool because I feel like, you know, these are people who want to cater to the customers. 
And um, even a couple times I'm looking for something in particular, and he's like, I know it's not on the shelf, but I think I've got some back. Let me go find it for you. And it's just willing to help and be, make it a great environment. So it's a place called Time Tunnel Comics. It's here in Hickory. Um, you know, I guess I know most of our listeners are worldwide. We've got you know people all over the world listening to the show. So you're not going to be able to go to this store. But yet I think it's more of a model that is really important for any of these kind of specialty shops to follow. Well, I think it's. The customer service is for any business. Well, absolutely. So I'll go and call him out, and he doesn't know him. Jacob Edwards is the owner of this comic shop. Uh, Really great guy. And, again, he's just the one that I walk in. He knows what stuff I like. He has it ready for me. He will talk to me about what's going on. He'll give me some recommendations. That's great. And his other employees are the same way, too. So. What I love more than anything is uh, I looked at their website because I was just kind of curious, and they have like a little little mantra on their website. I was just going to read really quick, which I thought was great. It says, in an era full of online retailers, we try to make the experience of walking into a shop, looking at what you're buying, and talking shop with us an experience worthwhile. Any idiot can mark down a book. It takes a quality idiot to help customers make informed purchases that make them want to keep reading comics. We strive to be your favorite idiots. <laughs> so you know, it's like, that's exactly it. That's what I want out of it. So, you know, it, it's actually got me back into a comic book store every once in a while just to check out and see what's going on. And again, I love the art and I love kind of the format in general. Uh, and it's enjoyable when you can go into a place and you feel like you're welcomed and actually people want to be there to help you. So it's a good mantra for any small business that has a retail presence but um especially with a more specialty shop like this where uh, it hasn't always been the case i've seen in places so it's time tunnel comics here in hickory north carolina um and i think they're doing a great job so far so mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. very good all right gary what are, what are you going to tout today well my small business of the month's in line with sweets what okay. a surprise <laughs> it's called cupcake-ish bar and sweet treats and that started in Spartanburg, South Carolina, as a bakery. And now they're branching out. They actually have a new uh, distribution strategy, which is really what tied me into bringing it to us today. The new owner is Linda Rice. They just started relatively recently. They were a bakery, and now they're venturing into vending machines hmm. for cupcakes. I actually thought, I had, thought they might have been on Shark Tank because I saw somebody do something very similar to it. Hmm. But I ran into them at Concord Mills while my wife was shopping. I was wandering them all, <laughs> looking for business ideas for right. our podcast. Oh, that's a good place and, to do that. And yeah. there was a vending machine with cupcakes. Hmm. And right back more, and a very good bakery, so they're probably very good products. $5, though, because I brought my wife out, Tammy, to look at it. She said, that's great, but $5 might be a lot for a cupcake. I said, yeah, but if you're at the mall, you mm-hmm. have a little bit different pricing perspective. But a very uh, interesting thing. It would be interesting to understand and then follow to see whether they're, they grow from where they are today. So, Gary, just help me. I'm just trying to visualize. So it's, it's a vending machine, just like Sitting it would be. right like- in the middle. You know, you're walking between the stores, and it's right in the middle between. And I literally was looking around doing Looking for business ideas, yeah. seriously. And are they in like little boxes and they drop out, or it's kind of like? I would are they going to get damaged when they drop down? Do they drop yeah. down like the potato chips or anything like that? Like, well, boom! As long as you don't get your hand stuck, you're trying to get yeah, the box exactly out of the box. Right. You know, no, but I didn't buy one because it was five dollars. But it was like, <laughs> like it, but it's like an unmanned situation. Yes. So you no, really go just, up, put your money like in, and you get a cupcake, or getting pretzels, or getting that's pretty. That's pretty neat. And yeah. First thing my wife said, well, boy, it's the shelf life because you, yeah. know, you want to right. turn that That's over right. pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 
I thought it was very interesting. I hadn't ever seen cupcakes in a vending machine. And it just looks like any other vending machine you'd see. That was probably one of the issues that, you know, people wouldn't necessarily see that if they weren't looking for it. I mean, yeah. it was a, although if people are looking for food, they may look into a vending machine and what's in it. Huh. But it was unique. I've never, like I said, seen cupcakes. Uh, I guess maybe there are some. That's neat. Have them, but it was, mm-hmm. It's like a one-portion thing. Mm-hmm. It just looks like, it looks like a Sunday is what it looked like. Because it was mm-hmm. strawberry shortcake and they had brownie. Wow. Was capitalizing a little bit on, you know, cupcakes have kind of become yes. a little more, you know, specialty items. Yep. I think people go to cities because of certain cupcake makers now and, 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 and places getting really popular. So to put it in a busy thoroughfare type of place and make it easy for people to get, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That's and a good I mean, idea. High, that's exactly. It's a high volume. Yeah. Malls is a, probably a good place to do it. That'd be interesting it, how it, they're doing on that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, a year from now, when we're doing our podcast for movies, we'll see if we'll come back and, and, and or is still around. Or we may have a vending machine out in the hallway here. Exactly. With cupcakes. Right. So that could be a good sign you there know, too. It'd be nice if you guys could have us. Jeff, yeah. Bring cupcakes. To yeah, you never know. <laughs> All right. Well, my recommendation for small business of the month comes from a friend of the show, Debbie Sawyer, mm-hmm. who uh, sent me uh, this business idea. Uh, it was started by a woman uh, named Mary Winchenbach. Uh, in Somerville, Maine, she is the owner and founder of a small business called Turdy Works, T-I-R-D-Y Works, and she's created a booming business that sells crafts made from moose droppings. Oh, and oh, wow. A, uh, <laughs> a nice follow-up to a, a, <laughs> Here's a I quote. I was hungry, and now I'm not. <laughs> here's, here's a quote from Mary. So she, this is uh, what she says. Yeah. You need to actually check this out online to make sure I'm, I'm giving you a legitimate business here. Because I did. Everybody, everyone goes to the bathroom, so everyone can relate to that. The terms that I use to name these products are everyday terms that people are used to hearing. So I just try to combine the two to come up with something halfway decent that's funny, Mary said. She also says that all the poop used in her products are locally sourced. The terms are all local, she says. We just go out and track the moose. I have found that when when a moose takes a dump, you walk about 50 yards in any direction and they take another dump. She sells her products on Facebook and Etsy. She's got creations called Unbeliefables, where she's got poop with leaves. She's got uh, wow. deer rings, which are earrings made of poop. Well, she's, well, got got the, uh, she's got something called the poo-poo clock, which uh, you know, is a clock which uh, wow. uses Oh, wait a minute. Hold on. I, need to now, I apologize to all our listeners that can't see this, but yeah. Jeff is passing around some wonderful photographs. Yeah, so uh, she's, you're right. <laughs> she's, literally <laughs> selling, she's literally selling moose poop she finds outside the people across the country for profit. Quote, I get five bucks a turd for these things, so I get excited when I see a turd. So you can visit... Uh, Turdy Works, T-I-R-D-Y, on Facebook or Etsy. Oh, this is... Uh, she's at, at Turdy Works. And actually, I, when I went out to her Facebook page this week, she was actually traveling to California to be on the uh, Comedy Central Tosh uh, .0 or 2.0 or Tosh uh, whatever it is show. So, uh, so anyway, uh, you know, if you're looking for that unique gift for someone that... You want to send a message to? You might want to check out uh, Turdy Works. All right, well, I yeah. do have a. You I, win. 
I win. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was going to say, that's it. Game over. Um, I have a Secret Santa thing I've got to buy something for. Yeah. So this may be act that so fast to Jeff. And, and, and we're not going to, we won't push the episode into like an explicit uh, language warning. But I didn't bring that one up, did I? No, you didn't. There was one product on this printout that you didn't mention. And don't I, we don't have to say the name of it. I don't know. But it's. They look like popsicles. But they're not. Right. <laughs> Don't eat them. Okay. I'm not, um, sure. I'm not sure what you would do with them, so I didn't bring that one yeah, up. Yeah, that's probably so. probably good. Okay. Well, I was going to go to lunch here, but now yeah, I'm, anyway. I'm good. I'm good for the day. As, <laughs> as Joe Bob would say, check it out. But anyway, <laughs> if you've got a suggestion for our Entrepreneur Exchange Small Business of the Month, please email them to us at eexchange at themesh.tv. And, and like Debbie Sawyer, we'll be receiving... Our, our prize pack uh, from the Entrepreneur Exchange. So that's okay. uh, hopefully just in time for Christmas. Because yeah, we, well, maybe you know, we should. This could be some. Nice there's a lot of Christmas stuffers. gifts that can come. A lot, out of, a lot of stuff there. So we want to thank uh, Chris Fry, Alan Jacks Jackson. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we hope everyone checks out the Foot Candles Film Podcast that is on the Mesh Podcast Network. At that's correct. The Mesh TV, and there are a lot of cool podcasts out there on the Mesh TV. So you should be. Checking them all out. We will be, I think, in the next few weeks, be hitting our end of the year, you know, best of the year films that we do, probably in early part of January. So be on the lookout for that as we you know, list the ones we saw here in 2018 that stood out for us. So, well, yeah. Looking forward to that. So we want to thank the Mesh Podcast Network. We want to wish everyone uh, the best out there. Hope everyone has a great holiday season, and we will look forward to talking with you again soon. Merry Christmas. All right. Thanks. And happy holidays. Bye bye. been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.